previously on Many Realms. The crew prepares to make contact with Dr. Shakespeare at the Koyama headquarters on Warren. While Leo promises to undergo surgery to repair his OGS, November drugs Shayna and Clara to pass for dead so they can get in through the morgue. Leo starts entertaining the idea of going through with the operation, while the others attempt to scam their way into getting Koyama key cards so they can acquire the data on Leo's project, destroy Koyama's AI department, steal any valuable drugs, and get Leo out before he falls into Koyama's clutches. Hi, I'm Jory. I play Shayna the pilot, and it's good to be here. Hi, I'm Clara the mechanic. I play Eli the player, and it's good to be here. Hi, my name Wait, is did Jordan. did I do it wrong, or are you? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Hi, my name is Jordan. I play Leo the Scoundrel, and I've been forced. Help me to say that it's good to be here. <laughs> Help me. Hey! My name is Jillian. I play November the Stitch, and it is actually, factually, good to be here. I'm Jesse. I'm the GM, and it's good to be here. Welcome to Many Realms. Leo Vance, laid out on the operating table, feels his mind unfold like a sheet of origami and tastes the dreams as they flow in quick and strong and real. I want to talk to you, Leo, about when you decided to join Koyama Solutions. On the account of Leo being uh, a scoundrel by definition of this game, um, he was in fact just that by all accounts in his youth, I suppose at the time to be mid to late twenties. Um, he spent most of his time growing up, uh, <laughs> doing nothing too fantastic or too particular, just, uh, making money where he can, odd jobs, sometimes, um, legal, sometimes not. And eventually, uh, the crew that I think that he was running with, which was four or five people that perhaps are less of a crew or a gang and more of just other troubled youths that he fell into with for a number of years and did share those years with. Um, when you live that lifestyle, you're always the looking for the next big take, I suppose, or the opportunity to get away from exactly that lifestyle. And when that opportunity came knocking, which had to do with a freighter from Koyama Solutions coming to their small town delivering some form of uh, goods, they hatched this scheme uh, to, to alleviate them of <laughs> these goods. Uh, long story short, the whole thing went awry and all of these friends were lost. Um, not immediately, I think they were there was perhaps like a rogue or not a rogue. There was perhaps a general or whatever the ranking would be within Koyama Solutions that saw some strange level of promise within these kids, perhaps for their audacity to just try to steal from one of the biggest, you know, conglomerates in the entire universe. 
And it, I suppose it just happened to match up with the time that a experimental um, uh, tech was being developed by Coyom Solutions that had not been vetted or approved for human testing. And with the punishment for what they were doing already being sentenced to death, I think that it was taken upon uh, this this high-ranking individual to just deliver that sentence however he seed fit. So the testing for the prosthetics that I think Leo has was meant to be a death sentence, which is perhaps why it's catching up in some ways as well as now. Uh, I think most, if not all, of those friends died in the process of trying to put in these implants. Perhaps one, you know, one or two made it for a few years after, but eventually just were, you know, uh, gave in to the the pain or the malfunctioning of the tech. Uh, and Leo alone managed to somehow, not through anything but sheer dumb luck that seems to follow him, um, managed to survive for a number of years. And that time is now catching up with him. And... He's been kind of just, he, I guess the reason for joining was not really of his own volition, but it gave him status and power for a time, which at that point in his life was all that he wanted. And in his later years, uh, he's filled with some level of regret for, um, you know, uh, aiding the ones that essentially were the downfall of the only people that he called friends at the time until this new batch of friends. I want to take us to the the brig of the PSF Galileo, an interplanetary freighter uh, that Leo and his current crew, then current crew, have uh, been stuck in after their plan to uh, commandeer some of the cargo has gone awry. Leo, I think that you are in a molded plastic cell with uh, tight bars that allow you to see your friends on either side in equally small, cramped, dark cells. Jasper is on your right. He is bleeding heavily from his face. It hasn't stopped for a while. He looks woozy. On your left, Lena is just doubled over, unconscious on the ground, if she is conscious, if she's alive still. It's hard to tell. And uh, then there is a blinding crack of light as a door opens and in steps in two of the Koyama Guard leading General Pike, the commander of this freighter, as she strides in and sneers down at all of you sprawled in these cells. She walks back and forth, eyeing you up and down, and she stops when she reaches your cell door, Leo. And she is a haggard, gray-faced woman with black eyes and a face that looks like it's never smiled once before. Without any uh, trace of pity or sorrow at seeing these young people in this terrible state, she says, What do you have to say for yourself? I wish we were a little bit faster. I wish you were a little bit smarter. Yeah, me too, lady. I don't think that there's anything to be done for the likes of you. Street criminals are a plague upon our society. They always were and always will be, and the best thing to be done for them is to put them to a quick and painless death. Do you agree? 
only detriment to society is all the shit that you bring in. Home was nice, breathable air. No one was left wanting, and you guys just come in and monopolize every little thing. You don't give a shit about the planets that you're on, it's just another big cash cow. So yeah, whatever, if you think that uh, we're nothing but a bunch of street urchin, then... Big ideas from a small man in a smaller cell. Well, you just look like a small lady in big arm. If you're gonna do that, this... I think you should just get it over with. I don't really feel much like talking. How about this? I'll let you fight your way out. If you can take down these two, you're free to go. I, I guess Leo just kind of stands up at the prospect, you know, um, may, probably wordlessly. He's like, you know, like a, a very clearly accepting of, of this. Jasper turns and looks up at you with pleading eyes and a mangled jaw. He says, what are you doing, man? The two Koyama guards look at each other and then back to General Pike, who nods unsmiling and steps back towards the door of the brig. The guards unlock your cell and swing the door open and adopt stances. Are you going to go for them? No, I'll just go back in the cell, close the door. No, yeah, <laughs> well, uh, I guess we're going to go for it. both. Yeah. All right, whatever. This is uh, scrap is more apt. This isn't fight. This is this is very scrappy. Then it, we're talking, you know, ankle bites, groin kicks, uh, biting, head butting, whatever. You know. Uh, roll it for me, will you? Four. Leo, you lower your center of gravity and sway a little bit, trying to get a feel for the room, trying to get a feel for these guys in front of you. The light is dim. Jasper is moaning and starting to cry to your right. And you try to find the offbeat, the unexpected moment to flash like lightning out of your cell and launch yourself at the nearest guy. Just start scratching at his neck and his eyes, hopefully enough to uh, get him down or away from you. And um, he's a little surprised, but uh, he's got armor on. You are able to maybe draw a bit of blood and uh, he grunts in pain before the other guy pulls you back uh, from behind and just slams you on the floor of the brig and says, that's enough. Pike says, sorry, that's not good enough this time. The one guard is uh, mopping away the blood at his face. And she says, don't be such a baby. Get him down to stasis. We can use him. And she doesn't say anything else to you. She turns and leaves out of the open door of the brig and the two guards look at each other back down at you. The one whose face you scratched has an unseemly grin spread across his face. And that's the last thing you remember aboard the PSF Galileo. In a far corner of the medical research facility, in a washroom with a hastily scrawled out of order sign stuck to the door, November and Shayna huddle over Clara as she fiddles with the dials and knobs of her hack gun. Then, with a happy chirp, the access card November swindled from the front desk shoots out of a slot on the gun and lands on the tile floor, ready to open almost any door in the facility. You've got Azure access, baby. Woo! That's exactly what Clara says. Well, why don't you say it then? You got Azure access, baby. (laughs) Oh, thank you, lass. So, for now, the three of us gotta stick together. The splitting up plan may not end up being a go, what is our first priority? Well, Captain Silver, if I may interrupt, 
Yes. You'll need to get up to the executive floor to get the project data for Leo's augmentations if we want any hope of uh, working to repair him. But I won't download those until we've dealt with the AR department, so we ought to prioritize that first. However, judging by my time records, I believe we have about 25 or 30 minutes before Leo will be beginning his surgery. I don't think you'll want him to be under for too long, lest they do some irreparable damage. We're going to have to split up eventually, you know. I, we have to get another key card then. I don't know if we have any other choice. I guess maybe what it would be is to get the information about the medical stuff and then physically go to the AI stuff so we can cause damage. Yeah. My, our only thing is we'd have to do that really fast, but yeah. So we're sticking together for now. All right. Claire's a little uncertain. So the goal is to start by heading up to the executive floor and downloading the files on the project. Is that right? I think so. Okay. You uh, discreetly head out of the fake out of order washroom headquarters and uh, make your way over to one of the central elevators of this Koyama Solutions headquarters. The inside is, um, is like super luxurious. There are sound bars in each corner that play this really soothing ambient uh uh rabbit hop and um the nice. hollow canonical the hollow touch screen that uh flares out from the control panel includes like a fun little like uh cutaway map of the building so you can just click on the floor that you're trying to get to the executive floor requires uh, Azure access, which Clara handily provides, and the elevator starts soundlessly whirring up. A lot of elevators in all my games. I just think they're neat. You love levels. When the elevator reaches the executive floor and the doors soundlessly slide open, you see a long, dark hallway uh, in sort of a mimicked wooden finish. The windows are all frosted, but they have tiny dots spread across them, so you can sort of get a glimpse of figures and shadows moving within. These are high-level offices, meeting rooms, and you are three people dressed like a hospital patient, a recent corpse, and (laughs) like a mortuary assistant uh, stepping out into this like C-suite, like glossy, uh, moneyed interior. What's going on? Clara runs a finger along a nearby anything table and says, no dust. I hate walking into places that are above my pay grade. <laughs> are there multi- doorways is it like lining the hallway? Mm-hmm. If, you're, if your goal is to look for like a place with a suitable terminal, um, I think I might ask for something like a group skulk action. Okay. Mm-hmm. I rolled a three. I rolled a five. Oh, one of those is a six, baby. Yeah, nice. baby. So only one failure. So that means I take one stress. You're going to take one stress from this group action. Shayna's like, I'm stressing myself out. Well, I think it's like Shayna's like um, shooting her arm out to stop you from like passing a corner too quickly. On November 6th, you are going to find a uh, a door that's left ajar leading into a shadowy it looks like some kind of like design office there are lots of uh uh hollow screens lining the walls a couple of them have been left on you think that it's possible that a person might be like 
coming back has maybe just stepped out for a few moments and um, there is a glowing terminal at the far end of the room. Clara, you grab Quincy and you set him at the terminal and you start uh, uh, setting up the connection. As you do uh, and the computer wakes from sleep, a few of the other screens flicker to life as well. Um, Quincy says, Okay, I'm connected. I'm going to search for the files now. I'll keep you updated. And Clara, you don't notice as you're busy working with Quincy what Shayna and November see on the far end of the room, on the opposite hollow screen. It's a huge drawing schematic of what is unmistakably Jeeves. <gasps> I take a picture. Clara, look. What? That's your boy. Um, okay. Maybe, um, look around the room. Uh, it's Urtech, so I guess this means Koyama's looking into Urtech and how they can use it. If we're gonna blow some of this place up, do we want to see if, we, if there's Urtech to save? We don't have time for that. Quincy says, Okay, Clara, I think I found the project files. Are you ready to blow the encryption with me? Y- yes, but I'm a little distracted just... And she flips Shayna a different hard drive. I feel like hackers always have extra hard drives. If there's just anything that you can take from with this... Okay, Quincy, let's start. Okay. Joy, what? Oh, I was going to say, I right-click. I say, open file and explorer. <laughs> <laughs> pull that into the hard drive. You're like, right. save as PDF. No, I want to print. What? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like canonically Shane is maybe not the best for computers. No, um, I only know plain. Good. Uh, Clara, you you're going to roll hack to to help Quincy break the encryption on Leo's project files. My specialty. Leo, what's the name of your of the project that was uh, creating these augmented Koyama hitmen? Does it have a badass, cool anime name? Yep, yep, yep. I want to go Greek, I think. Project Spanakopita. <laughs> no, I think... Project Yogurt and Honey. I think Icarus, because what's the story with Icarus again? It's like he... Flies too close he fly, to the I know sun. he flies into the sun, but but why again? He Was there like hubris? His, wings. his dad wings. built him wings. He got Uggs. Yeah. He did get Uggs. Yeah. Yeah, they melted. He was like, wow, I can fly so good. Much like your arms are melting. Clara, you need to roll hack to download these Project Icarus files. Yes, I do. Wait, sorry. I'm going to need to roll hack to do this and to get the AI information. I'll Okay, so for getting the AI stuff, I guess I will use stress. But for this one, I'm going to use um, the thing. I'm going to use my special ability hacker, um, which uses up my special armor for the job. So I'm going to get four die. Okay. atrocious this is you got one one two three. Oh, that's bad okay let's go oh my god my rolls are bad trying to get past the koyama headquarters cybersecurity is like trying to thread a needle while riding a bicycle theoretically it's possible it uses a hundred percent of your brain and all of your body and one small mistake will leave you fucked up in the dirt that's what happens clara you are working with quincy trying to uh disable the firewalls as they pop up on the terminal and you could swear a bead of sweat rolls down the featureless face of quincy's cube i think maybe like that famous greek guy icarus or whatever you look back over your shoulder at what shane is doing uh on the other end with this jeeves you're caught between your two robot toy friends 
and when you look back, something has missent, a firewall has popped up where you thought you had squashed it, and suddenly the terminal is shutting down and uh, a uh, ominous looking button at the base of the tower is glowing red. Quincy says, I, I've, I've lost contact, I only got a fraction of the files, what's going on, Clara? Clara is typing furiously for her life, kind of in denial right now. Like, I, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. It, 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 I got in and then it kicked me right back out. I, I didn't even know that it could get this complicated. So we're going to fill up the hospital alarm clock by uh, three more segments, which brings us to six out of eight. What's the plan here? Clara's shutting down a little. Clara's breathing heavily and it's like, I can't believe I didn't get in. Oh my god, I, I can't believe. Quincy, what did we do? I thought we were going to get in. I, I I don't know. I thought this terminal was going to work. Captain Silver, what do we do? Can we risk trying it again? Can I, can I try again? Another failure will absolutely fill up the hospital alarm, so it'll now be an escape mission, if that's what you want. Okay, I think you're going to need to tell Clara to pull the trigger because she is like borderline catatonic she's like this is i'm i was supposed to be the best at this who wrote this code this is ridiculous hey, this is look at me look insane. at me I, I, you don't understand for a moment clara has a blank stare um as if she herself is a robot rebooting with that on and off slap button um and then she kind of shakes her head a little and is back and is like okay here we go! It just starts going back to it. Attention executive floor. Attention executive floor. Uh, IT will be rebuilding all machines on the floor across the next five minutes just to make sure all systems are operating normally. Please save your work and prepare for an automated reboot in the next five minutes. I'm just so scared. One to six. Two over six. Okay, that's a critical success. You're definitely going to generate a gambit on this roll. Oh, Yay, who needs that? <laughs> Tell me about this, Clara. Yeah, Clara, I feel like, is was freezing up because with enough time, there. I don't know if there has been anything, like, canonically and in the campaign where she was just, like, stuck. And it was, like, finding out you're the best sixth grader in your math class and then going to... 11th grade algebra and being like, what the fuck does it say? Um, I was faced with my own competency for a moment and honestly like worth on this ship. Um, so it was a moment of like going through the five stages of like denial, bargaining, whatever. And then I got slapped and Clara's like, okay, it's like, it's do or die. Like freaking out's not gonna help. Um, I feel like hacking is looking at like a blank wall and finding that like tiny chisel uh that tiny hole in the wall to to break through uh and so when she finally gets it she's like almost tired she's like okay it's done yeah and i think uh quincy who has shown you know not really much emotion besides like placid good-natured interest as is his programmed nature um is you can like actually i made the joke about him sweating but you can tell that he is really feeling the stress and discomfort in the room he probably has protocols built in for when he's helping to pilot a ship and the captain is freaking out or stressing and you can hear him execute this subroutine which sounds a lot like okay clara now we're going to begin the process yeah all right and we'll just follow that there okay you're doing a great job all right, we're almost there, about halfway through. Excellent stuff. 
good job, Clara. And uh, then you make that last connection and the subroutine ends and it goes, okay, I'm in. I have all of it. I'm downloading. 25 seconds. Get ready. And uh, someone you hear starts walking down the hallway going, oh, shit, I got to save. Shayna, you're probably closest to the door. You've got a hard drive that you're trying to uh, figure out how to drag these <laughs> and drag these cheese files. Uh, you're trying to screenshot it, but it's like, where did the screenshots get saved to? I don't remember. Does it go recents? Um, do I have to roll hack? Can't I just do the door thing while she's doing computer stuff if I'm not doing computer stuff? What do you do at the door? Can I just lock it? Lock yourself in? Yeah. I'm here for it. Okay. November, when you hear someone heading to the door, you run up and you uh, close it shut and you lock it. And uh, the person whose workstation it is starts hammering on the door, demanding to be let in. Um, So I'm curious to see where this decision will take you. I can't get interrupted. (laughs) Shayna, you get this Jeeves data on the hard drive that Claire lent you. The save file is called Andaris. You're not sure what that means. Hmm. There's a pleasant chime from the terminal on the other end of the room. Shayna, you turn and you see Quincy, uh, the terminal flash underneath him and him say, Okay, I think I have everything on Icarus. Clara, we're good to go. Good job. Quietly to Quincy, Clara is like, we are gods today. Okay. (laughs) I'm happy you're happy. Okay, so now we got to get out of this room and get to Leo. Clara says, well, isn't he going to go away to get like a janitor or something and then we can just slip out? Whoever's in there, let me in. They're going to reset the computers. This isn't funny, Dave. Jesus Christ. My next great idea is to pretend we were like making out on the desk and then be like, so sorry. No, that's always your idea. <laughs> well, one of us is a minor, so. Okay. New bud. Open the door and like drag this person in and immediately tie him up. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, scrap it, please. I'm not. I'm not good at the scrap. I have one scrap, but I can. I can assist. I'm happy to assist. So you have two scrap. We just got a fresh, fresh squeezed gambit from the from the tree. Yeah, from the gram- gambit fruit. <laughs> uh, well, if you're happy to have me spend it, I will. Do yeah. It. All right. You slapped Clara, so it's kind of like your gambit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Big fail. Ah, We're having a bad time. Let's talk about the failure of this uh, scrap roll. As this guy's pounding on the door, November, you unlock it. He kind of almost falls forward a little bit, which is a great opportunity for you to grab him and drag him into the room. Shayna elbows the door shut behind. You throw him down on the ground pretty roughly and try to shut him up and see what's going on. He's actually a pretty young guy. He can't be more than like 25, 26. He has a uh, big pile of curly brown hair and thick round glasses uh, that mark him as a nerd. (laughs) And uh, as you're trying to uh, get the jump on him and hold him down, he has something, some kind of like wristwatch that he's got on. And he just like leans down and pulls a little uh, knob on it, like a little sort of almost like a watch mechanism to reset. And um, 
That fills up the hospital alarm clock. <laughs> the uh, lights all shift to red on the executive floor, and the guy uh, looks up. I think all of you are panicking, and he's realizing that he's just locked himself in a room with three dangerous criminals, and then like made them more jumpy, which he's maybe kicking himself for, but uh, he just mumbles and shouts into your hand, November, as the uh, alarm stage kicks in. Mm. Anybody have a gun? Yes. Am I shooting this man? No, would you like to threaten him for me? Oh, I was going to shoot him. Shoot him! No, 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 threaten him for me. Would you be a deer? Can you disable this alarm, please? I really will shoot you. (laughs) I pull my blaster. (laughs) Scream and she will also shoot. Not not from here, not from here. All right, figure it out if you want to live. After you. You yank him to his feet and jam the blaster in between his shoulder blades. Kyle uh, is marched down through the executive floor towards a back panel where there's a safety and security office. And there is a uh, a sleepy looking man uh, in a tiny cubicle there in uh, heavy looking armor who clearly is never, ever, ever in need of it. And he looks over when uh, he sees you and Kyle approach and he says, uh, Kyle, what's going on? Are you OK? And Kyle says, I, I, I pulled my I hinted the alarm. So it's just a false one. So we can just set it back. And uh, the guy shifts his eyes slow and shaggy over to you, Shayna, behind Kyle about eight inches and says, uh, who is this? Kyle looks back at you with a with a winning smile. Hi, I'm Caroline. I uh, delivered some, um, like, crystals and prisms that you needed for your computers. No, this is this is sussy as hell. I think I am going to need uh, a roll here. Sway if you are trying to actually convince this guy that there is, like, nothing going on and you're just standing behind him. But that's, like, I don't even know, like... You, I need an angle here. You can't just be like, no, everything's fine. I'm standing right behind Kyle for other reasons. I haven't done a delivery here. So uh, Kevin here was showing me around. It's Kyle. Kyle here was showing me around. You're going to roll sway. What if you gave me a devil's bargain? This guy will swallow your story if it comes with a nice chaser of two cred. I can do that. Okay, roll sway. Because two threes and a one. That's brutal. Um, I pass away. (laughs) (laughs) I simply perish. At this time, I would elect to pass away. (laughs) The security guard at Koyama headquarters raises his eyebrows as you tell him, Shayna, about how you were just delivering prisms or crystals or whatever for the computers or whatever and uh, deftly flash a cred stick between your fingers as you do so. And he smirks and he says, uh, yeah, okay, let's turn this off. Uh, Kyle, let me see your watch. And you uh, shunt Kyle forward with the with the end of your gun into this uh, security guard cubicle. And uh, he reaches for it, begins fiddling with it, and then uh, slams a button on his desk. And the... Uh, door of this room slams shut and the windows uh, are shuttered in heavy blaster proof uh, metal coverings that lock you inside with Kyle and the security guard. Quincy, Clara and November uh, from a distance watching this interaction Quincy uh, 
yelps, which is a sound you've never heard him make before. And he says, we should get out of here right now. Clara rounds around the corner and says, yep, I agree. You guys head back to the elevator of the executive floor. Leo, I want to ask you to tell me a little bit about uh, a job at Koyama Solutions that you liked, a contract you to fulfill that you enjoyed doing. Well, I think that this scoundrel, I suppose what they were doing, it wasn't always on a singular planet, but it was very much, let's say, like within, you know, that solar system or even half of that solar system, their means of space travel was, you know, um, a bit clunky, something that probably couldn't, you know, go very long distances. So they were very uh, centralized. And the world was always, well, not the world, the galaxy or whatever was always out there. Um, and so I suppose the silver lining for Leo was, though oftentimes doing things that maybe he wasn't proud of or could be considered heinous, um, they were often taking him to various crazy different parts of the world. Um, I suppose a point of reference I almost think of is... Um, the like replicants in Blade Runner, you know, the famous uh, tears and rain speech is echoes kind of what it would be of it being how even though he was doing these terrible things that he's not proud of, he saw sites that were extremely beautiful. So I would say something like, you know, while carrying out a job on a planet um, could have been like a hit, could have been reacquisition of Koyama um, tech. Uh, maybe he himself doesn't even remember, but what he does remember is, I think in the very far distance of the galaxy, uh, he stood on a rooftop of this, this planet and watched like the sun explode of a galaxy and fled before obviously it consumed everything. Um, I guess it's hard to say, I guess a good memory, because I guess a lot of people would have been uh, wiped out by it, but this sense of scale of of life, I suppose, that he was given. And perhaps something like that would be the thing that would set him into being a bit more introspective and meditative and wondering place in the world and galaxy. And so I think it's uh, an event that shaped him that maybe has a negative connotation as a lot of things, but perhaps gave him the tools to begin to make sense of the world around him for the first time. Yeah, I think as you lay there, a recurring motif in the dancing ideas and visions in your head is that of rich yellows and oranges and deep reds that you observed from one of the tallest skyscrapers of the planet of Akedi, a planet that was doomed 500 million years before when its nearest sun imploded and left all of the residents there on borrowed time on an epic geological scale. So people built and lives were lived, but everyone on Akedi knew that eventually the planet was set to be consumed by a raging outward torrent of fire. And you, Leo, were one of the last there, hunting down some thieves that had stolen from Koyama and hidden themselves away on a dying planet as a last-ditch resort. And there was a moment of peace, of even tranquility, as you stood holding a piece of purloined Koyama tech in one hand 
your smoking gun in the other, a thief sprawled out on the roof of this skyscraper and watched the moment as the image of the sun, already years spent, finally reached the visual eyeline of a Ketty, and you could see the cracks form, the light spill out, the entire air around you turned this glowing molten shade of orange like a bird of paradise before you turned, hopped in your micro shuttle, and headed back. Uh, Shayna, girl. Hi. Girl. The world around me also turns orange because of the alarms. Yeah, in this in this guard room, um, he's locked the door. He shuttered the windows. Kyle is screaming. You're screaming. What's going on? He's pulling a gun. Uh, Clara and November were able to get out, though. Yeah. I am going to kick Kyle to the ground. I point the gun at the security officer. Um, my foot is on Kyle's back, so he can't get up. And I want to say to the officer, how do I turn off this alarm? He spreads his hand wide. He says, uh, you can't until we contract Central and they send someone out to deactivate it. Plus, you've already got guards coming up here. So I think it's in your best interest to just go quietly at this point. You're not getting out of this one, sister. Okay, how about be sportsmanlike? At least open the door for me. Look, lady, you're sick in the head. I don't know, whatever. Just gun down. Hands against the wall. We'll get this all over in a few minutes. I'm not going to ask twice. Okay, so I think what I'll do is I will shoot. Okay, uh, roll scrap. Mm-hmm. I rolled a five. I think to kind of make a long story short here, you go and you spray around across this guy's security desk. He dives under. You back up, um, trying to prop up Kyle and use him as a shield as he starts firing against the these blast-proof windows so the shots ricochet and spark everywhere. Uh, at one point, he gets you across the shoulders. Uh, you're going to take a level two harm, unless you want to resist. All right, I'm just going to... I'm not going to resist. It's I, I might need to push myself again. Okay. Um, but on the five, you do succeed. Um, I think you're able to incapacitate this guy. You want to, you trying to kill him? I guess. I'd like to not murder, but I think in this case, a murder is called for, unfortunately. You shove Kyle at him. Kyle screams and crashes into him and falls back to the floor. And you just take the opportunity to get a couple of shots in the chest. And this guy uh, collapses backward. His head smashes against the chair and he is still on the ground. Kyle is shaking and gasping in absolute shock on the floor of the security room. Um, there is a terminal here, but you are not quite sure how you're going to use it. And uh, the alarm is definitely still going off. I point my gun at Kyle and I tell him to open this door. Kyle woozily gets to his feet. You can see his hands are shaking. He can't even like type accurately on the keyboard. He's um, He starts trying to figure it out. He is whispering. You have to lean in close with the gun to hear what he's saying. He says, I don't know how this works. I don't know how to, how to set it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You're a computers guy. You can figure out how to open a door. Do you want to like attempt to command or sway him to, to get him to kind of get moving on this? I'm better at sway, but this feels like a command situation. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of uh, a lot of warm feelings between you two. Four. He starts working on 
getting into this system and figuring it out. He's absolutely not a security officer here. So I think he says that the limited effect is, um, I don't know, do you want me to open the door or turn off the alarm? I can probably only do one in a reasonable amount of time. Open the door. If the alarm's off and I'm stuck in this room, I'm still caught. He starts working on opening the door. Um, November, Clara, Quincy in the elevator. Uh, Quincy says, are you two all right? Oh, just peachy. I'm pretty unscathed, but uh, it's not looking great for collecting anything else so far. Well, we're not done yet. We need to make sure we visit the AI department. Hey, Quincy, I agree. My priority is to my crew, so uh, no offense, but uh, the robot shit is going to have to wait. And uh, we're getting out of here one way or another. And whether or not we blow up AI shit, I don't really fucking care. I mean, we got to leave with our lives here, folks. I think you do care, Dr. Seven. Care about what? Care about the AI shit, as you put it. Because I think the person you're talking to is the only person who has access to Leo's medical data. You bastard. (laughs) I was very clear in my requirements when I outlined this mission. If you misunderstood, the time to ask questions was earlier. So what, you'd have us all die? We're not going to die. We're going to complete our objective. Or die trying. You're not there. Clara says, whether you like it or not, Quincy is a member of our crew now. I'm not going to die for a robot. Well, I'm going with the robot. So are you saying you're not going to die for me either? If you choose them over the rest of your crew, no. You're the only one who's making it a this or that decision. I'm trying to protect and help everybody. I guess Quincy and I are going to go to the AI room alone. Fun without a key card. Do I not? Who has the key card? Shayna has it? Me. I do. It's mine. (laughs) I love Leo and I don't want to have to put you in this hard position, but yes, if Quincy and I have to leverage his medical records, we have to. I made a promise to him. We're part of that promise. We don't intend to leave without helping Leo. We're also here to help Leo. We're not trying to make it a fight. And we're running out of time. There are (laughs) alarms going off. There are people who are chasing us down. And I just, I don't understand how you could even think to prioritize that over anything else. It's not fair that you got the thing that you prioritize and as soon as you have it, you say, we don't have time for anything else. Well, you're right. It's not fair. And it's uh, it's not fair for any of us to walk out of this empty-handed, and I won't let you destroy those records. So fine, we'll do it your way. But don't expect me to feel good about it. I don't, and I'm sorry it happened this way. I hope we can still be at least amicable crewmates after. I guess we'll see how everything shakes out, won't we? Won't we. Okay, Quincy, we better not fuck this up or we're going to look real bad. I am confident in this crew's abilities. I'm sorry about the circumstances in which we find ourselves. Let's proceed. The elevator dings and opens on the AI department. There is a uh, a long kind of industrial-looking corridor. This place is not like the smooth and comforting walls of the medical facility, nor the elite and uh, illustrious wooden panels of the executive floor. This is uh, hard, pre-molded steel, exposed rivets, uh, you know, drop lighting, a microbrewery, 
wait, no. Um, mm. The first ones, though. And uh, it opens onto a small kind of basic receptionist desk. And there is a woman standing on a phone. She holds up her hand and she says, due to the alarm, there's no access to this floor right now. I'm so sorry. Please head to the uh, evacuation standpoint from your supervisor. I'm so sorry, guys. No one's in here. Can I hang up the phone? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I I know it's probably not like a corded phone with like a thing that you can really... <laughs> I like to imagine it is. But uh, that's what feels good to just lean over the desk and end the call. <laughs> Press the... You politely tap the hang up button on the phone console and the woman looks up in confusion and you see uh, as she gauges your expression November a flicker of fear behind her eyes. We've just uh, reprioritized your agenda. If you uh, don't mind, we'll be uh, going about our business and it'd be in your best interest to stay the fuck out of our way. Uh, do you want to command her so she doesn't like freak out or try to get security down here? Sure, I can roll my doctor reading one more time. I respect November's like, I don't want to fucking be here. This is a terrible idea. I'm still going to help you, though. <laughs> That's doctors, baby. That is. That is doctors. One of those is a six. Yeah. Oh, all right. November, you get up in this uh, receptionist's face and you growl this command and she uh, stumbles backwards and plops uh, her ass back on her rolling chair accidentally. And then you have even more of a ability to loom. And November, you are not a small person. Um, so I think that you make quite an imposing figure uh, as you firmly unplug the phone from its outlet dangle it in her face and then drop it on the floor as you turn back and gesture over your shoulder for clara and quincy to follow this lady's eyes widen one more time and you hear her whisper to herself is that e77 <laughs> hi deborah quincy's like i'm quincy now bitch i've rebranded you head down to this open warehouse kind of style it's just like a large yeah, it feels almost like a garage. It's like a big concrete room. There are long work tables. This is where they do a bunch of R&D in the AI department at Koyama Solutions. There's, I mean, there's tons of research and stuff here. Uh, there's plenty of stuff to smash and destroy if that's your aim. There's a terminal to access the data. Everyone here has already been evacuated. Um, and it actually looks, yeah, it looks pretty clear. Quincy uh, says... Okay, Clara, this is our last terminal. Let's just get this done and we'll get Leo and we'll figure this all out. She takes a deep breath and says, Okay, let's do it, Quincy. Couldn't ask for a better partner to hack into Koyama for this one. Likewise. It's time for the roll. I'm scared. One's a five. Okay. Uh, I think the advantage here is that you have just hacked Oikoyama Terminal. Um, and so you're now a lot more prepared for what you're going to experience with one uh, delightful twist. Um, when you access the, uh, the AA department's network, there's obviously a ton of data here, which, um, yeah, you see Quincy uh, start selecting and deleting files instead of copying them. He says, I'm very sorry, Clara, but this is for the best. Please just let me proceed. What are you doing? Why? No one should be allowed to access this data ever again. 
the production of AI creates and causes an untold amount of harm and misery to sentient technological beings like myself across the sector. AI already exists. This would just help you reach new heights. This is, there are so many resources here and they're being used for bad right now, I agree, but we can use them for good. There are so many practical applications. Look at you, you were just supposed to be a pilot robot and now you're doing something. Now I'm a criminal. Clara, all we have seen is that it's impossible for the motivations using this technology to be kept pure. Leo's technology could be used to cure people and instead it causes and spreads disease. There's no way we'll ever be able to leverage this technology in the way you want. So the best outcome is to destroy it. I think you can understand that. I think it's incredibly nihilistic of you, Quincy, to say that we can't take this technology and leverage it for good. I think the other thing that happens here on this five is that um, across the workshop in November, as you're standing with your arms crossed, keeping an eye on the doorways and exits, uh, you see these two these two purple watermelon-sized pods at a far table start levitating up into the air, and from the base of them, unfurl these long shimmery ribbons in uh, spades of two or three until each of them has a dozen or so jellyfish-like tendrils trailing underneath it. Ah! Quincy, what's that? Not clear, I would say prototype defense drones. Please kill them. Do they have a weakness I can exploit? Uh, 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 let me get back to you on that. And these two purple watermelon jellyfish of death start uh, whizzing towards you across the room. It's also the name of my new rock band. I'm still hacking, right? Uh, you've got him into the system. You were just actually engaging him in a Socratic dialogue about the exploitative nature of human capital. <laughs> Okay, so I'm not doing, so I can help the defense. So I'm free, (laughs) yeah. For Clara's part, I will hack gun. I I can help, no, I can't. I cannot assist you. I cannot take any more stress. What about set up another character? Like make a new one? No, there's a (laughs) thing on the thing that says set up another character. Setting up is like you take a role. It's like if you succeed on a role, then the next roll get the bonus. It's like an assist, but you're trading off an action roll instead of a stress. Uh, November, do you want to set up uh, Clara with a roll? Yeah. I have to scramble. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Four. Clara, you start reaching for your hat gun, and November, you... Do you tell Clara you're going to, like, get him in... Get him set up, or, like, what's up? Oh, I probably just, like, wave my hands at the jellyfish. Say, like, over here, fuckers. Okay, these two looping, bobbing, jellyfish-like defense drones wheel around, and uh, as Clara sets up her gun, which has to switch it from keycard copying to hacking again, um, November, you, I think, because the goal is also to, like, smash up this place, um, I, what do you think about November, like, running across, like, a workbench tabletop and, like, kicking the monitors and gear and stuff off? Nice. That's so fun. Um, yeah, I think I think it starts like is mostly running uh, and less smashing. And she thinks about how much she would really like to just fucking smash Quincy. But Quincy has the medical records. Um, so 
by by the end of the table, <laughs> they've kicked something off, and they're like, "Oh no, that actually felt really good." <laughs> <laughs> November lets loose some of their pent up aggression and frustration in this uh, AI lab as they lead the jellyfish defense drones away from Clara. And then, as you're making a large loop, maybe uh, with some satisfaction, kicking a few things or tossing some debris back at them to slow them down you start making your way back towards the far end where Clara and Quincy are working through the files. Clara's got her hat gun aimed and needs to get these guys close enough into range so that she can take them out. Uh, November, you go in and try to duck between two heavy concrete pillars and one of these drones juts around to the far side. And when its tentacles uh, brush against your skin, even through the fabric of your outfit, um, there's an intense, like, uh, it kind of alternates between a stinging pain and a chilling sort of numbness as some kind of uh, chemical coating on the strands of these things that's meant to deter interlopers uh, starts flowing across the skin of your arms. You're going to take a level two harm. Mm-hmm. We'll call it jellyfish sting. So just pee on it. It'll be fine. Oh, my God. Got him. Bow, bow, bow. It's a P2 partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's called foreshadowing, baby. Uh, piss part one, too. <laughs> we can't. Now, I think we'll get demonetized if we call the episode Are we, We're piss. not monetized anyway. Okay, it's then fine. it's fine. Yeah. Piss, we'll lose piss, all piss, our piss, patrons. Piss. We'll get a new, very specific sponsorship set of from Tushy. Oh yeah, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah. November, you cry out as this, as this. Uh, you feel maybe you know a fraction or a sense of what Leo must feel when he loses feeling in his arms and has difficulty controlling as well. Um, Clara, these these jellyfish are set up in perfect position for you to roll hack with an extra die from uh, from November's sort of assist there. So usually the way hack works is it can disable like one person for a while or multiple people for a beat. Yeah. Taking a lot of stress and rolling a lot of die this episode. I believe. That's a five. Do you want both of them down for a second or one of them down for good? Think one of them down for good. Clara, you aim your hat gun and uh, the, the micro EMP uh, flashes against this jellyfish defense drone, which just smashes into the concrete floor and uh, dents its armor pretty heavily and even rips it open at one point. And you can see the the circuitry of the interior in November as you try to rub feelings back into your arm and stagger back over to Clara and uh, Quincy. The other one is is still up. It kind of pauses for a while and spins in like a low, heavy circle to assess the landscape. And then it sees you two once again at the far end of the room. Quincy, weakness. Can you use the the downed one in any way? As a weapon against the other one? Yeah, maybe it has a friendly fire protocol and it won't come near you if it detects another bot. Could be right. could be true. Things are sometimes true. This is what happens when you delete files. Absolute. Anyway. All right. November will pick up the down jellyfish and just like hold it in front of her body. (laughs) (laughs) Just be like, you can't look at me. You can't look at me. I don't exist. Yeah. Uh, This thing is it uh, is even forced to like drop down from the the center of its uh, of the bottom of it, like a little kind of scanner that needs to take like a fuller 
picture of the interior of the room because it's confused by this uh, other bot moving in front of it. Um, and November, you kind of get up in its space and just make sure that no matter where it looks, it's just seeing other defense drones around it. Uh, and this thing bobbing and confusing uh, eventually just retracts the scanner and retreats onto the nearest flat surface, retracts its tentacles, they spool all in. And then it sits down uh, silent and Quincy says, don't care if we don't destroy that one. Everything's deleted. I think this is good enough. Let's go. I'm no, you're not glad you came November, but I'm glad you did. I'm taking this with me. Uh, Shayna, the door of the executive room security office opens and Kyle slumps down onto the desktop, uh, crying and sweating. And he says, can I go now? What clearance did your buddy have? He's security, so he has ultramarine. Can that get me into the medical? Yeah, it should. It's security, so it's pretty much a... Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's a master key. Shouldn't have said that, Kyle. Fuck. Sorry to ruin your day, Kyle. Am I going to get fired? I... Yes. This wasn't your fault, so maybe not. But probably is. I am grab the uh, other guy's uh, key card. I'm going to let Kyle go. Um, one thing I'd like to just just bring up is I actually don't think Shayna's killed anyone this whole time. I've been usually trying not to do that. So I think I'm feeling pretty shitty. How could that be true? Because I always, uh, Leo always says, you always ask me to shoot to kill. I always say no. Oh. And I just wanted to point that out because anyway, but. Um, this is a big moment for you. Yeah, you should start, you just. You just start killing, yeah. Good. Oh no, I feel real bad. I think I maybe haven't killed anyone in like twenty years or whatever, <laughs> ten years. I think that's. I think I actually don't murder, uh, but that's for later. That's that's just that's just to room. That's just for me. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna try and get Leo. I'm just gonna beeline to where I think he is, which. I don't know if I know that. The executive floor is now in lockdown procedure. So all of the doors that you pass are completely locked and shuttered. And you don't see anyone out in the halls because there's someone armed in the building. It's you. Um, So that's a fun sort of role to be in. I think that means you're doing a good job with your life and your choices. If people are in lockdown because of you. And yeah. May I please climb down the elevator shaft? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that the... (laughs) Yes, you may. Yes, dear. The elevator is obviously... They've got restricted access. I think um, November and Clara going down was one of like the last functional elevator trips. But the Ultra... The Ultramarine uh, key card from the guard is universal. It's a security function. Uh, So you open that door and yeah, there's just a a steel cable winding down a long, dark elevator shaft with safety lights every 30 feet or so. I'm assuming I have some kind of flashlight and I'm going to rope climb to whatever the medical wing is. Okay. Leo, I want to do one last one with you. Rule of threes, I think is good. I want to know about a job that you hated, a job that made you feel terrible, that maybe really challenged what you were doing or was uh, was a bad time for Leo. Yeah, I think a lot of it was like assassination work or, yeah, in general, that type of thing because of the 
I think augmentations allowing Leo to access places that otherwise would be deemed inaccessible and therefore have like access routes that would be not typically accessible. Uh, and I think there perhaps was a particular um, individual prestige in a rivaling company or perhaps not rivaling, but um, perhaps a intergalactic uh, um, startup, if you will, <laughs> that that the very base tech in which that they were basing the company around posed to, in time, replace um, some aspect of Koyama Solutions. And so they wanted to cut that off at the head before it was really like a big scandal as it was kind of just murmurings, perhaps even just locally in that galaxy. And so uh, Leo was dispatched to go incapacitate this individual in their home, which was a big kind of estate and snuck in through the window in, in night. And um, perhaps it was his first time actually doing this type of job, uh, you know, seeing someone's face and kind of basically cold blooded uh, murder for Koyama solutions. And as the, the man's, you know, got ready for, for bed, essentially, um, I think Leo quickly and adeptly kills him to then only see standing in the doorway, uh, is a young boy with his teddy bear, um, waiting to, yes, just leave me alone. (laughs) Waiting to say goodnight to his father and um, perhaps due to his training, uh, perhaps due to the augs, something within them, he felt compelled one way or another, perhaps he's not sure to this day, to make sure that there were no survivors or no um, eyewitnesses and he had to incapacitate the young boy, which has haunted him to this day. I think the moment I want to capture is the moment in Dr. Shakespeare's office later as you are completing your physical and your mission evaluation when Dr. Shakespeare, I think, pulls out from his uh, cabinet uh, a little a little stone dish with legs and uh, a small wooden rake and he offers it to you and he teaches you a little bit about sand gardening and explains that when he finds the demands of the work here at Koyama Solutions particularly troublesome, he sometimes finds solace in meditation and uh, practices of that nature that can help soothe a troubled mind. Leo at the time is just in a very um, fragile spot and at the time I think was actually genuinely very appreciative of that. it was perhaps only in hindsight later on that even though maybe in some ways he feels endeared to Dr. Shakespeare, that it's a bit more of like a toxic thing that he realizes that it was a, like something of a grooming, something like all part of the process of Koyama to be endeared to this person um, and to, to feel, um, you know, indebted to or in service of uh, as a good thing. Um, but at the time, I think that he was, you know, hook, line, sinker. I mean, you know, he's not uh, some genius, you know, kid that could realize what's happening to him. He just kind of was a cog in the machine. 
When you woke up in the hotel room after you were discharged from the company and were left with just your clothes and a tiny bag of possessions, the sand garden was among them. Did you keep it? Yeah. I don't, I think it's a, it would be a complex thing. It's not like a prized possession, perhaps. It's uh, perhaps nothing more than a, uh, a stark reminder of the days gone. Um, maybe it doesn't hold a positive or negative effect on him. It could be on, depending on the day. It's just something that um, he feels compelled to retain because to bury that would be a disservice to the people that he hurt, helped throughout that time of his life. In your mind, on the operating table, the warm, rich colors of the exploding sun develop swirls and intricate patterns that you recognize as forms in the sand garden, and then they morph and meld into the face of Dr. Shakespeare, which blows away into dust. As you attempt to leave the AI department, you see that the uh, the now facility-wide alarm has shut down the elevator, um, blocking off your way out of this floor. Are there stairs? Yeah, there are emergency stairs that uh, you might lose. It might be a little bit hard to keep track of exactly where you're going. There's not like the full hollow map like there is in the nice elevator. But you bust through that emergency door and you start heading down, presumably closer to the medical department. When you reach the bottom floor, the ground floor, and you peer out through the window at the top of the door, you do see that there are some Koyama guard uh, patrolling this hallway. Quincy says, I think we're pretty close to the operating and patient rooms, but what's our plan? How are we going to get Leo out? By my account, his surgery started 10 minutes ago. Are you fucking kidding me? There's still time. That's okay. There's not that much they can do in 10 minutes. He'll be fine, but we need to move quickly. But Jesus Christ. Well, I've got jellyfish tentacles and I'm not afraid to use them. That's horrifying. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Here for it. We're going in tentacles blazing. Yeah. Okay, Clara pulls out her hat gun. Okay, T- tell me what this looks like. Yeah, trying to trying to like coax coax the guards like into a spot where the tentacles will be there. Yeah, I think that's honestly you have you have this like weaponized technology that I don't think anyone in the building is familiar with, um, and I think all it would really be a matter of is like making a noise, getting them into the stairwell, and then just kind of like shoving it at them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Clara just like makes a noise from deeper in the stairwell. November is hiding behind the door frame. And when you see a Koyama guard poke his head in, you just kind of drape these tentacles all over their face. Um, it, you got it. You got to take out the legs. Oh, OK. And if they fall down the stairs, they fall down the stairs. You you have this thing ready and you like the world's <laughs> deadly skip it. Brush it along <laughs> these guards' legs, and uh, he loses control and goes tumbling down these long concrete steps. Um, you can probably get gear off of him, and you definitely have like a clear section of the hallway of this of the medical facility now. What's the next move? Do we feel like it's kind of clearish? Like we're just gonna bolt. We bolt. Yeah, I'm gonna say skulk, and that'll kind of bring us to the operating room. I have two skulk. 
I have one skulk. Two sixes! Nice. Now I get the sixes. I only rolled a three. How about I give you one of my sixes? This is a group action, right? Who's leading it? Hmm. Uh, Because if I fail and Clara's leading, well, it doesn't matter who's leading. I think we both have one stress left. And I think it's going to take one of us out. So who's leading? I think I I wanted Clara to pass out in this episode and get trauma. Uh, What trauma are you taking? Maybe cold is the right one, but it's not like... I'm not like emotionally devoid on the inside, I guess. It's like I need to be make emotionally void decisions because emotions are flaws. Yeah. Um, so I think the way I kind of imagine that would be like uh, the emotional component of this mission is like Leo's well-being. Maybe that's something that Clara no longer prioritizes. Cold is going to be really hard for me. For me, cold is like... The needs of the many will always outweigh the needs of the one or the few. And so it's like if I have to die or let someone die for what I consider to be the greater good, like it doesn't matter. I'm sorry if we're if we're crewmates. But in this case, I am incapacitated for the rest of this session. So I guess Clara leaves. I wonder if you're you're skulking through the medical facility um November is struggling, maybe in no small part due to some new jellyfish-related uh, conditions that they're dealing with. As they are you keeping the the evil watermelon? Yeah. Okay. Oh my god! Yes. So, fantastic. Uh, it's certainly not not a skulk conducive object. So that might that might be a part of what's happening here. Um, Clara, small and stealthy, clutching a much more manageable portable cube has a lot easier time skulking her way through the facility. And I think um, you are are pretty creepy and crawly and careful and canny as you approach the operating theater and you see that uh, in the lockdown, I guess that they probably have paused the operation, but no one's really allowed to come in or out of the operating theater. There's still uh, like a sign on the screen that gives like a little detail, like it says, you know, Dr. Shakespeare in surgery, patient Leo Vance, just as like a sort of chart thing. Um, so you can tell you're outside of the right room. And um, Claire, I wonder how you feel when you see November approach the operating theater and you can read so plainly the emotions on their face of worry and hope and fear and uh, desperation and love, these emotions that have caused all of this strife already that have made this day already so much more difficult and traumatic than it's needed to be. What would Clara do or say? I can read everything on your face right now. There's no time for it. So focus up and whatever, let's go. I think November like puts down the jellyfish and just gives you like the, the iciest stare. Would it make sense for Clara to excuse herself and just like, get the like get ox in the vehicle kind of thing um so i think it is like we're not being a uh, effective teammates right now so i'm going to go back and prep the ship and we'll be ready for when you come back with leo she leaves shana you emerge from the open elevator shaft with a ultramarine access card to see uh November and Clara just square off and for Clara to walk seemingly out of the Koyama headquarters. 
Shayna's looking kind of pale. I also am shot in the arm and just climbed down an elevator shaft. Uh, so I run over. I, I, will, I will ask about this later. I have a key card. I'm walking into this room, this OR, and I'm taking Leo. I'm not being sneaky. You, you flash that ultramarine key card on the operating theater door and it unlocks. And uh, there is a confused murmur as the door opens and Shayna Silver steps in with a blaster aimed at the crowd of doctors gathered and November 7 follows wielding a death watermelon. <laughs> this operation is canceled. You can evacuate the building. Thank you. Uh most of the doctors and nurses uh, step away from the lady with the gun and the other person, the unknown object. But um, one person remains standing between you and Leo, uh, who you can see now as you draw closer underneath these surgery lights. Um, there have been some early incisions into his arm. You can see where the flesh has started to be peeled back and pinned into place. Gross. Yeah. Surgery is gross. And uh, in front of him stands Dr. Shakespeare his eyes cold with fury, blinking at you through his glasses and uh, his face covered in a surgical mask. He says, we're in the middle of something very important. We're trying to fix him. Yeah, I've been, I've been trying for a long time. Appreciate all of your help, but I think I'll take it from here as primary physician. You don't know what you're doing. This is my life's work. I can save him. Don't you want that? He's a person. He's not a project. If you take him, his arm will kill him. I think we all know that. Wouldn't you rather let him live? It's not my decision. What do you think he wants? I'll give you a clue. He's on my operating table. Well, uh, there's a lot that you don't know. It's complicated and I don't fucking have time for this. Shayna, let's go. Uh, this OR, it's been uh, contaminated anyway, so... You're going to have to re-scrub and wash up. I think we might as well just take him. It'll be faster. You see uh, a wetness in Dr. Shakespeare's eyes as he stands his ground in front of the table and looks down at both of you. He is not interested in moving. I'm aiming my gun at him. Um, I'd like to... I can push myself one more time to command before I actually shoot him. Okay. And I ask Dr. Shakespeare to please turn around. A six. I think that he will back off of Leo. He will step aside to the, uh, the top of the operating table and with a small cloth um, mop up a little bit of blood that ended up on Leo's face tenderly. And he'll look up at you, November, and he'll say, do you love him? We have to go. Say it. Tell me. Mm -mm. We don't have time for this. If you say it, he's yours. Of course I fucking love him. Do right by him. Whenever you can. Get out of my way. He backs up against the wall. Alright, I aim my uh, gun at some of the nurses and I say, move him over. They panicked, load him onto a stretcher, um... He gets detached from the anesthetic and his uh, his eyes start moving under the closed eyelids. You you load him up with uh, the drip that he needs, the, uh, the saline, and there is a, a back door to this operating theater. Dr. Shakespeare himself opens it. 
and he says, um, they'll come for him. They'll come after you. Be ready. Yeah, I know. He looks down at Leo one last time as you wheel him out of the operating theater through the rear service corridor and down to the mortuary entrance where you first arrived at the hospital. Claire is waiting in front of the uh, the ambulance that Ox has stolen for the afternoon, and Ox is panicked, gripping the steering wheel once again as you roll Leo out. Um, he's starting to come to, uh, and he is breathing shallowly as you load him onto this truck back towards the spaceport. In the back of the ambulance, as it drives back, um, he starts waking up fully. And uh, he sees first the roof of the back of the ambulance. Then he hears Clara directing Ox. He smells strangely a lot of vanilla. And he tastes the copper of a little bit of blood where he bit his tongue. What do you say to him as he wakes up? Shayna, November, Clara? To November, Clara will say, good job. Ignores that. Um is only paying attention to Leo. Uh, and it's just like, hi there, take it easy. Try not to move. I've got you. Oh, I feel, I'm like, I must be like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm definitely, I think, pretty like out of it, incoherent right now. Leo, you drift in and out, your eyes closing again, the same mandalas forming in sweeping curls of golden red and orange sand. They make the shape of Dr. Shakespeare's face, then November's, Shayna's, Clara's, a little cube, which blows away until blackness remains. Thanks for listening to another episode of Many Realms. We apologize for the delay in getting this episode uploaded. Had a little bit of life events crop up in March, but we are hoping that the episode was worth the wait and we're excited to get back on track with the rest of the Houndstooth campaign. New episode will be out soon. Take care. <laughs>